It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's Cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with the A's AAA pitching coach, Rick Rodriguez. He spent last year with the A's affiliate in Las Vegas, and this year he's been busy working with some of the A's top pitching prospects at their alternate camp down in San Jose. And with no actual minor league game action this year, we wanted to be sure to talk with him and get his insights on some of the A's top pitching prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Rick. Well, thank you for uh, having me. Appreciate it. It's been a rather unusual year, and uh, I guess uh, you would have expected to be, uh, under normal circumstances, spending your summer in, in Las Vegas rather than down in San Jose. Yeah, yeah. I was looking forward to going back to Vegas. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful ballpark. Uh, people are great there, and, uh, you know, the, the guys love playing there. So just how different has this whole year, this whole experience been for you, you know, having the pitchers down there in camp rather than actually being there out at the out at the ballpark playing games every day? Just how different has this whole thing been for you? Uh, it, it has been different. Uh, it's more, I guess you would call it like a, a very, very long spring training <laughs> uh, in that, uh, you know, you're you're scheduling the pitchers to throw on certain days trying to get the relievers in there and usually you do it, you know, spring training for uh, minor league spring training is only probably like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we have to do this for two, two and a half months. So it's, uh, it's been a challenge. It's more, I think it more of a mental challenge to these guys uh, just because you are playing inter-squad games, you know, and you're throwing against the same guys, you know, every couple, three days or whatever. And uh, it's a little different. How are you actually managing the workload for the pitchers and, and getting guys innings and getting them out there on the mound? Are the starters throwing in intra-squad games every fifth day? How are you working the relievers into the mix? Are guys throwing side sessions in between? I mean, how's that all working out there? Uh, you know, when I first got here, I was uh, I had probably one, two, three, four guys that were deemed starters. And the other guys were relievers and getting together with, uh, with emo, you know, he wanted the starters to go maybe four innings, 60 pitches, just in case something happened and they needed one of the starters Mm -hmm. to go up. So they've been basically, uh, on that type of regimen going every fifth day, uh, the relievers, uh, kind of work them in, you know, a couple innings, couple days off. Uh, maybe an inning, a back-to-back type thing to re- try and recreate uh, what they would do in, during the season, but not to overtax them again, 
just in case they needed a reliever to, you know, come up in an emergency type situation. So, you know, the starters aren't being stretched out, you know, five, six, seven innings. They're basically going, you know, four innings, 60 pitches. Uh, the relievers are going uh, two innings, 35 pitches. And that's about it, really. So, you know, we're trying to schedule as many innings per day as we can with a limited number of pitchers. Uh, I think it was last week or we had a seven-inning game. Uh, so that was the longest of the season, which was kind of nice. The hitters kind of liked it because they can – uh, get it back. So that's kind of what we're doing sides, uh, with the starters, you know, you start one day, day off, uh, you would do a side and then a couple of days later have a start. You know, we're trying to get days off, uh, you know, once every six, seven, eight days, uh, to give these guys a little bit of a break. Who are the guys who have been designated as starters who have been stretched out down there at this point? Uh, right now we have, uh, Grant Holmes, Parker Dunchy, Brian Howard, uh, Tyler Baum is a starter. Um, you know, and then those are the starter, starter guys. Uh, and then Lucas Lickey, um, Ben Bracewell, those guys, uh, Jamie Schultz, you know, they've been going a couple innings, some back-to-backs, an occasional three-inning outing. Those are your, uh, relievers of, uh, Charles, Romero, uh, those guys are the relievers. And, again, they're just going a couple innings, 30, 35 pitches. And what about uh, Caprillion and Jeffries? What's their uh, workload been like down there? Uh, uh, Jeffries kind of was on still like a rehab type of thing. He was basically uh, going like an inning on uh, Tuesday, two innings on Friday. Um, He just recently was going to go back into a starting rotation. Uh, so he's going to be going the three and then four innings. And um, I think that was it. Oh. Uh, who else? Is- oh, Caprillion. Oh, uh, well, Caprillion's back on the taxi squad. He's uh, up with the big league team right now. So, uh, you know, he's doing sides up there. So he's back down there with you in San Jose when the A's are in, in Oakland, and then he's with the A's when they're on the road. Yeah, yeah. And then when he comes back, um, I get together with Emo and he just kind of gives me a little, uh, guidance on what he's been doing up in Oakland and then kind of get on a schedule with him, you know, and he's basically in a relieving situation right now. So it might be, you know, an inning, a day off, um, another inning, couple days off then two innings, you know, something like that. Speaking of Caprillion, you know, when the A's needed an arm this year in their bullpen, he was the first one that got the call from down there to come up and join the bullpen. What were you seeing out of Caprillion in camp that you think made him the go-to guy when a, when the A's needed an extra arm at the major league level at that point? Well, he improved since I saw him last year. His velocity, uh, you know, he's still in 94-96, uh, came up with a two-seam fastball that has really good late movement. His slider uh, was improving. Um, Everything just, I mean, his work ethic was incredible. He was just, you know, very intense out there and and just attacking the hitters. And, you know, all the reports going up to Oakland were good. So I think, uh, you know, that coupled with his his velocity, he's coming back. I think that uh, prompted Oakland to take him. I'm sure he was uh, eager and happy to just be back out there on the mound. He was probably happy to work as hard as he had to just to be back <laughs> yeah. in action. Yeah, I, yeah I, he, was, he, was, 
Very, very happy. I mean, we all know everything he went through, all the injuries, all the time he missed. How satisfying was it just for you as a coach to see him get that opportunity to go to the major leagues after everything he's been through? Oh, it's a, it's a great feeling as a coach, especially, uh, you know, when you get to tell the guy uh, for the very first time that he's going, you know, back or going to the big leagues. It, it's a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, we were all watching the game when he came in. We're all rooting for him. So that was a, a big thrill for us. Now, uh, another guy you mentioned was uh, Dalton Jeffries. Uh, as we know, he had a, a little arm injury in spring training. So having that Time off probably actually did him some good. But like you said, he was still being brought along slowly once you got camp going there again. I guess it was a bicep issue I think he had during the spring. But can you talk about what you have seen out of him when he's been had a chance to be out there on the mound and where you feel he's at at this point? Uh, Dalton's been great. I think he's, he's ready to go to the major leagues right now. He's been um, our most consistent pitcher in terms of uh, locating every pitch. Uh, the action on his pitches has been very good. His velocity, you know, he's anywhere from 92 to 95. Good moving fastball. Uh, he's got a very good cutter. Uh, working on his changeup, which has been a very good swing and miss pitch for him. Uh, and again, he's working on that little bit of a slider. But he's been uh, going out there, you know, like I said, for an inning, two days off, then two innings. But um, he's throwing strikes, uh, getting guys out on a consistent basis. So I. I you know, I'm I'm liking him, and I'm hoping at some point he'll be, be helping uh, Oakland out. I, I'm guessing his command is still as sharp as ever. <laughs> oh, it's it's great to watch him pitch. Yeah, he can hit <laughs> both sides of the uh, plate and everything. It's it's fun to watch. Now, if, if you had been in Las Vegas as planned this year, both those guys, James Caprillion and Dalton Jeffries, probably would have been pitching out of your starting rotation there. And another guy that you probably would have had in your uh, AAA rotation this year as well is uh, Grant Holmes. So I'm curious to know what you've seen out of Grant Holmes uh, down there this summer and uh, what kind of progress you think he's been making. Yeah, Grant, uh, again, has improved since I saw him a couple times in Vegas last year. Uh, his velocity is is up there. He's throwing anywhere 92, 94. Um, his curveball has improved. Uh, he's kind of changed some uh, grips on there and, and got one where he's very comfortable with and he's getting really good action on it. Um, his cutter and changeup are fantastic, but uh, he's another guy that's been going out there and having uh, good results. Uh, you know, hitting both sides of the plate, changing speeds. Uh, side work has been very good and. Uh, you know, he's really fun to work with. Yeah, I was really looking forward to seeing Caprillion and Jeffries and Holmes in that AAA rotation this year and seeing what they could do there in Vegas. I'm I'm sure you were probably looking forward to seeing them there, too. Yeah, I was going to say I was very excited to see those guys, too. So now a couple of other interesting guys you've got there are a couple of guys who performed very well at AA, but both had some struggles last year when they got a look at AAA, and that's Parker Dunshee and Brian Howard. Can you tell me a little bit about what you've been seeing out of them? and where you feel they're at with brian howard we actually kind of lowered his arm slot a little bit um and he's kind of more of a a three-quarter guy instead of over the top and it seems to be a more natural position for him a lot of the hitters are saying that they can't really pick up the ball too well uh, once he lowered his arm slot a little Mm. bit and that's kind of helped the movement on his two-seamer and his cutter has been very very good and he's uh, getting used to that arm slot, and he's uh, working a curveball in there. Uh, but he, he kind of likes it, and so I'm just uh, 
happy that, you know, he's, he's going with it and is confident with it. Uh, Parker, uh, he's picked up a couple miles an hour on his velocity, uh, which is good. Um, and so he's still, you know, trying to command all of his pitches and uh, his cutter's been good. Uh, his curveball has been very, very good. And his changeups actually improved. So, you know, those guys are just getting out there, you know, every five days and getting their, you know, four innings, 60, 65 pitches, trying to stay sharp. One of the guy you mentioned briefly in the in the beginning was the A's uh, second round uh, draft pick last year, Tyler Baum. He didn't get a chance to pitch above Vermont before everything uh, went haywire this year, but you've got him throwing down there. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, I've uh, actually, like I said, this is my first time seeing Tyler and, uh, you know, working with, with the bullpens and he's got pretty light fastball. I must admit uh, he's, you know, in the games, he's 92 to 94. Uh, he's working on a slider. He just kind of learned that last year. So we're just trying to, uh, you know, get him a grip that's comfortable and trying to get him used to throwing it. His curveball has been very good, and I like his changeup. It's got good late sync to it. But, uh, you know, I think his first game here, uh, it was just one inning, and he struck out all three guys. And his next outing was two innings, and, uh, you know, he struck out uh, – four guys there so i was uh, very very impressed i guess he was ticketed for stockton this year it would have been great to see him uh, get going in the cow league but i guess we'll have we'll have to wait another year to get our eyes on him a couple of relievers you've got down there that i wanted to ask you about a couple of big strong guys who can throw hard that's wandison charles and miguel romero now i know you had miguel romero in your bullpen at vegas last year so you had plenty of looks at him but wandison charles really you know showed something at uh, stockton and midland last year can you tell us a little bit about what you've seen out of those guys down there yeah charles uh he's a big physical specimen uh throws the ball very hard I think the first few outings that he was here, I think it was just kind of feeling the zone, um, you know, and his, his command wasn't right there. His timing was off. Uh, but, you know, he was working hard in some sides and some, you know, hat drills and all of a sudden things are starting to kick in and, you know, he's trusting his delivery and just attacking the hitters with a good 96 mile an hour fastball. And, you know, he'll, once he gets consistent with that slider at the higher level, it's it's pretty darn good pitch. I mean, it <laughs> disappears, and you know he's got to change up. But uh, last couple outings have been very very good. And Miguel Romero, um, he has come up with a change up that has like split type action that could dives right on top of the plate, trying to get him to throw it a little bit more because he's got such a great fastball that moves. Um, you know, I think a lot of hitters were just kind of sitting on the heater. Uh, but he throws that change up and it looks just like a fastball, then it disappears. But uh, he's been doing very, very well. So, you know, especially, you know, with Charles, I think uh, being around the older players as well as Bomb being around the older players and seeing, you know, what they do on a day in and day out basis to keep sharp, I think is really going to help them. Yeah, um, I spoke to Ed Sprague recently, and he kind of said something similar about all the young guys you've got there in camp, having the opportunity to really be around these older, more experienced players on a day-to-day basis, he felt was really rubbing off on some of the young guys in a really positive way. Yeah, not just the pitchers, but position players, too. And, uh, you know, it's the 
the first year I've ever worked with anybody born in the 2000s. So <laughs> I might be dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us find that a little strange. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. One other guy I wanted to ask you about who's not a pitcher, but I, I suspect uh, you've seen plenty of him and dealt with him plenty too, because we all know that catchers have an unusually intimate relationship with pitchers. And the A's uh, top draft pick this year was a catcher, Tyler Soderstrom. You know, he's a very young guy, a teenager still. But, uh, you know, everybody that I've spoken to talks about how mature he is and how advanced he is for his age. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen out of him and, and how he's able to interact with pitchers at this young age? Yeah, you know, I think he's he's only 18 and, you know, he's a little bit quiet at first and trying to, you know, figure things out. But, it's you know, and especially getting to know the pitchers. And, uh, you know, some of these guys have pretty good stuff and they're not uh, – you know, not easy to catch like uh, like Romero, but uh, he's shown pretty good poise behind the plate there. And, you know, it, it can be difficult. And, uh, you know, especially with these guys that throw hard and have really late breaking sliders, he's, you know, getting used to the action on their pitches and learning how to, how to frame them and catch them. So, you know, he's, he's come along good. And again, he's, you know, benefiting from, you know, catching these older AAA big league guys. Now, I'm sure a lot of these guys he's catching there in camp uh, probably look look a little different from some of the high school pitchers he was used to used to catching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know you're playing intra squad games every day there, which is great, and the guys are getting in action and everything. But you know it's not a a real game on a real field with an opposing team. You know, how do you feel about the intensity level? I mean, do you feel like guys are fully amped up? Are they maybe kind of, you know, three quarters of the way amped up? Are are they throwing as hard as they would normally throw in a real game situation? I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's a little bit tough, again, going against the same guy, you know, day in and day out. You know, a lot of times you really don't want to throw the ball inside because you don't want to hit your own teammates. So I think <laughs> that kind of takes it away. Uh, but most of the guys have been doing pretty well. I tried to get these guys to maybe experiment a little, maybe, you know, think outside the box a little bit, maybe sequence something different normally than what you do. Maybe, you know, let's say you're, you're not used to throwing, you know, breaking balls early in the count. Maybe try it and see how it, see how it works. Or if we're working on, you know, change-ups, maybe throw more change-ups than you're used to. Or, you know, if you're trying, if you're a righty to a lefty, if you're trying to backdoor breaking ball, you know, let's work on it here. This is a great time to do it, um, you know, because, you know, you do want to have success, but you do want to work on stuff. And it, it's a great way to work on things when you actually are throwing against live hitting. Uh, the hitters will let you know if it's working or not. So I think it's a two-way street. And, you know, some of these guys are trying different things, which I think is good because it can help them during the year, you know, when you're pitching against uh, a different team. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. You know, it, it really is a great environment for a little experimentation and, and you know, trying to develop some new things. I know a lot of times during the course of the minor league season, you're you're trying to get guys to work on things. Maybe they're not too confident in their changeup, but you're telling them they got to, you know, they got to get used to throwing it out there. But they're a little reluctant because they don't want to get lit up in a game and, and have it bring right. down their stats and damage their, you know, chances for promotion. But in the environment you're in there, it seems like it would naturally be a much safer environment for for that kind of experimentation yeah exactly right and if you know you give up a few hits on something you're working on it, it's not a big deal you know it's you're there to, to improve yourself to get ready for the the big league so 
um, like I said, it's a great opportunity to, to do this and to, to hone your skills and, and try something. So I think it's, it's been working out. So it's, it's tough, but it's good. Well, uh, along those lines, I think obviously it's a, a very different and unusual coaching situation for you. Normally during the year, you would have games every day and you'd be you know, prepping these starters for their next start and all that. And now I would imagine in this situation that you really have a lot more opportunity for direct instruction, you know, to really work on specific things with individual guys while you're down there in this camp. Has that been the case? Yeah, especially with, uh, you know, some of the younger pitchers um, and some of the older guys, it's more, uh, you know, refining things and reminding um, as far as, you know, the, the scouting reports. I mean, they're pitching against the hitters, so they kind of know them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these hitters are have been on fire. Some guys are hitting everything. So it's kind of like, hey, remember, this guy is, you know, he's hitting fastballs that are away. So let's try something different or or whatever it is. But, um, you know, on the side work, it's good to talk to them and, and just kind of say, hey, this is what I think you should do with, with your changeup. Let's try this or let's try this with your, your slider uh, to try and tighten up. One other thing that has been beneficial in their side work, uh, we've had a lot of video. We've had uh, TrackMan in the bullpens. We've had the Edutronics high-speed camera. So I think that has helped some of these guys a lot here because during the season we might not have the edutronics or the um track man to to look at the results so it's helping everybody having that stuff right well hopefully this experience will end up being a good thing for the guys that are down there and hopefully they'll end up learning a lot and growing a lot from it now, hopefully, we'll we'll be back to normal next season, or at least a, a reasonable semblance of normality. But what do you think the effect of, you know, maybe just not having this year of actually pitching or, you know, having the chance to develop in in-game situations and in terms of sort of innings limits and how many innings guys can throw next year? What kind of effect do you think this year off will have? And also, do you think, you know, the organization might be a little more aggressive with, placing some of these guys you know at at higher levels next year just because they have been accruing service time and all all this stuff uh can you just sort of you know maybe look at the impact uh, on on next season of what we're going through right now yeah that's a good question um i know you know during this what's going on i know gil patterson has been in contact with all of the minor league guys and they're, you know, Gil's keeping a monthly calendar on uh, how many, you know, simulated innings they are throwing uh, mm-hmm. if they can at home. You know, maybe they have a catcher and they're doing, you know, three ups at 45 pitches. Well, he's counting those as innings. And so we kind of have a little basis going into next year. Like, you know, obviously a starter is not going to have a hundred and, you know, some odd innings, but if he, ha- if he can get, you know, 60, 70 of these, you know, that's something to work on. Um, so I think going forward, you know, you're going to look at that and maybe kind of say, okay, pitcher A, you're only going to be able to go, you know, five innings this many times, and then we'll have to cut you back to four innings, you know, not to overtax you. Um, that's just kind of my guess. I'm, I'm not sure mm-hmm. exactly what Gil has in mind, but uh, I can kind of see it doing that. And as far as placing some of these guys, um, you know, like the, uh, you know, the Holmes, the Jeffries, those guys, I mean, you know, those guys will definitely be in AAA as far as bomb and, uh, you know, 
Charles, um, I'm sure they will be uh, in A-ball somewhere. Uh, but uh, other than that, I'm not sure how they're going to place these guys uh, coming off this pandemic thing. It's just going to depend on maybe how they look in spring training, uh, see what kind of shape they're in uh, as far as uh, their arm and, you know, health-wise, hopefully their bodies are, are good. And, of course, as we all know, too, we're likely to have uh, fewer minor league teams, fewer minor league affiliates, and uh, fewer minor league players in every system next year, too. So there's going to be a whole lot of different stuff to have to sort out yeah, come next season. Very interesting to see what's going on. So <laughs> I will just be waiting in the wing to see what happens. <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us today, Rick. It's really great to get a look at what's going on with some of the A's, uh, top young pitching prospects down there. Uh, I mean, if it weren't for guys like you, we'd have no idea what they were up to. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to get an inside look when we can. So thanks again for talking to us today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our Ace Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the news about the A's minor league system on our Ace Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm Ace Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 Major League Baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.